Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, May 31st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it looks like we might be on the brink of Tariff War 2.0. And we're not even finished with Trade War 1.0 yet. But this time, it's not a trade war per se. I guess you could call it an immigration war or maybe a border war. I'm not sure what to call it, but you've heard the old saying, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, apparently the only tool in President Trump's box is tariffs. Because now we're going to use tariffs to, well, solve the immigration problem. So late yesterday, the president said he's going to smack a 5% tariff on all Mexican products. Yes, I said all. Every product that crosses the Mexican border will be subjected to this tax. The levy is scheduled to go into effect on June 10th, and this is just the beginning. The tariff is going to gradually increase until it hits 25% by October 1st. Now, this Trump temper tantrum is all about immigration, like I said. The president said the tariff will remain in place, quote, until such time as illegal migrants coming through Mexico and into our country stop. And stop is in all capital letters. He went on to say that the tariff will gradually increase until the illegal immigration problem is remedied, at which time the tariffs will be removed. So let me try to put this in simple terms. You get to pay higher taxes on a whole bunch of stuff until the immigration problem is fixed, whatever in the hell fixed actually means. Trump said the decision as to when Mexico was making sufficient efforts to stop the flow of immigrants and when he would lift tariffs would be at his, quote, sole discretion. Obviously, this will be a prime driver in the markets today. Gold is knocking on the door of $1,300 per ounce as I record this. The Dow futures were off by well over 200 points on the news. I think it was about 280 points down when I looked earlier this morning. Gold is on track for its first monthly gain since January on increased safe haven demand. The yellow metal also is on track for a second consecutive weekly gain, up about 0.9% on the week so far. That number may well increase by the end of the day as the markets absorb this latest political theater. Of course, with Trump, you never know. He may change his mind before the end of the day. Regardless, gold was nudging higher even before this latest Trump bombshell. The Dow was down sharply Tuesday and Wednesday this week as pessimism about trade war 1.0 drug on the markets. In fact, stocks are off on the month. As of Wednesday, both the S&P 500 and the Dow were down about 5.5% from their early May highs. The Nasdaq is down a bit more than that. Peter Schiff talked about this in his latest podcast, reiterating that he thinks the bear market rally that we've been seeing is over. There certainly is a lot of pessimism out there right now. In fact, the bond market is flashing recession. Bond prices have surged, and correspondingly, yields are falling. In fact, I think that's why gold hasn't caught a bigger bid than it has, even with the stock market dropping and all of the pessimism about the trade war. The yield on the 10-year Treasury fell to a 20-month low of 2.16% after Trump's Mexico tariff announcement, but it was dropping well before that. 
we're also seeing an inverted yield curve. That 10-year yield is actually lower than some of the shorter-term bonds. Now, yield curve inversions have accurately predicted all nine economic recessions since 1955. There was one false positive in the mid-60s when an inversion was followed by an economic slowdown that didn't quite dip into recession. So this yield curve business is a little bit obtuse, and I'll try to give the simplified explanation of what's going on. In general, investors demand a higher rate of return for locking up their money in long-term bonds, and yield curves normally slope upward. So in other words, the longer the bond, the higher the interest rate it pays. The rate of return on a three-year bond will typically be less than the return on a 10-year bond. During economic expansions, inflation tends to rise. As a result, investors demand even higher yields for long-term bonds to offset the inf inflation effect. A sharply upward-sloping yield curve generally tells us that investors are optimistic about the future. But during recessions, inflation tends to fall. That puts downward pressures on long-term yields. The difference between long-term and short-term yields flatten, and then eventually they invert. So the bond buyers right now are predicting a recession. Investors are pouring money into treasuries because they view them as a safe haven. Peter talked about this in his podcast. He said they are right about the looming recession, but they are making the wrong bet when they put their money into bonds. Well, why? Because the next recession will most likely bring stagflation. That means rising inflation even during an economic downturn. We've seen this before back in the 1970s. If we do get stagflation, it will put the Federal Reserve between a rock and a hard place. The Fed will want to cut interest rates in order to stimulate the economy because, well, that's what the Fed does. But that would merely exacerbate the inflationary pressures. Long-term interest rates will naturally rise with the inflationary pressure. Imagine what that's going to mean in the current debt-riddled economy. Rising interest rates? Not so good. In a nutshell, bonds are not your safe haven in this scenario. Gold and silver, that's where you will find safe haven during stagflation. Interestingly, billionaire investor Thomas Kaplan said he sees $3,000 to $5,000 gold on the horizon. He said that the three dollars to $5,000 target is, quote, fundamentally justified based on the facts that we have today. Now, he didn't really elaborate on what those facts were, but I wonder if he isn't seeing a scenario similar to what Peter is talking about. We got the revised GDP number yesterday for the first quarter of this year. It was tweaked downward to 3.1% from 3.2%. This was a little bit better than Wall Street expectations. Most analysts were expecting a downward revision to 3.0%. Now, none of this is particularly significant, but I think the reason that the GDP number was tweaked down is interesting. There was apparently less capital expenditure than initially thought. Now, that's not exactly good news for the long term. Capital spending is the foundation for future economic growth. At least it is in a healthy economy. Of course, in today's world, debt drives growth, and therein lies the fundamental problem. When the credit runs out, and it always does. Growth stops, and we plunge into a crash. We're on that doorstep right now. 
There was an interesting bit of news out of Russia this week. The Central Bank of Russia has agreed to look into the possibility of creating a gold-backed cryptocurrency to build an alternative international payment system as the country continues to seek a path toward de-dollarization. This is yet another in a series of moves by Russia and other countries to minimize dependence on the U.S. dollar. As we've been reporting, Russia has been rapidly accumulating gold. The Russian Central Bank purchased another 15.55 tons of the yellow metal in April. Officials at the Russian Central Bank aren't really all that gung-ho on the cryptocurrency idea. They prefer international payments to be made in a national currency. I'm sure a currency other than the dollar. But Russian lawmakers are keen on the gold-backed crypto idea, and the central bank has agreed to at least look into it at the behest of the Duma, which is the lower house of the Russian legislature. And this makes sense, right? For government officials looking for independence from a global system built around the dollar, a gold-backed cryptocurrency has to be an attractive option. It would combine the technological advantages of a fast, secure electronic payment system built on the blockchain with the historical stability of gold as money. Given the U.S. government's history of weaponizing the dollar, it comes as no surprise that Russia, along with China and other countries, want to minimize exposure to the greenback. The silver-gold ratio is up above 89 this morning, and it's been at this level a couple of other times this week. That means it takes 89 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. The modern average over the last century is around 40 to 1, and in more recent years, 50 to 1. In other words, that ratio is way out of whack, and it's been that way for quite a while. I've talked about this before, and I've said this. This means silver on sale. Here's another interesting dynamic in the silver market that our intern commodities analyst dug up. Recently, the price of silver fell to its lowest level of 2019. One of the factors driving the price dip was the number of speculators increasing their net short positions. On the other hand, commercial institutions are starting to cover their net short positions. This divergence is important because speculators tend to be wrong more often than commercial institutions when there is a turning point in the market. This could be a signal that if a turning point for silver is on the horizon, it would be favored for an upward movement. Just an interesting tidbit to consider. Regardless, I think silver looks really good in the long term, given that silver-gold ratio and the likelihood of safe haven demand for precious metals in general as recession worries continue to percolate. Also, supply-demand dynamics favor silver. Silver demand was up 4% and hit a three-year high in 2018, according to a report by the Silver Institute. Meanwhile, silver mine production fell for the third straight year, dropping 2% in 2018. If you want to learn more about these dynamics in both the silver and gold markets, you should talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. They have their fingers on the pulse of the market, and they also understand the underlying economic dynamics that, quite frankly, most investment advisors just don't get or they simply ignore. So call 1-888-GOLD-160 today and talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. 
You can also sign up for our Shift Gold weekly newsletter, which will give you an overview of the past week's gold news. It'll give you quick access to the biggest stories of the week. You'll find links for all of this stuff on the show notes page. Also, don't forget to check out our latest It's Your Dime interview, which was with Anthony Samaroff. He is the host of the Scottish Liberty podcast and also has written a book on universal basic income. Interesting discussion on that subject. That link will also be in the show notes page. If you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We always like to hear from you. We appreciate thumbs up. We appreciate you sharing uh, all of this information. And I hope you have a great weekend and a good week ahead. Thanks again for listening.